Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Chiodi. I am Patrick Chiodi. I am, of course, joined by my Super Bowl 50 winning co-host, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, welcome back from the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Man, I, I can't wait to hear about your trip. How First of all, how are you doing? Yeah. Welcome back to the fold, man. I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. It was a great trip, and it's a lot, uh, I have a lot of great things to talk about. So yeah, I'm excited to get into the show. Yeah, we'll, we will get to it. Of course, we are recording on August 8th, 8-8. This is DT Day. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas was one of those players, Chris, that impacted a lot of our lives. And as Broncos fans, a lot of great memories with him. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in the Hall of Fame stuff. But DeMarcus Ware with several great showings of love for his former teammate and your former teammate as well. Um, so we know that DT is here with us and he's listening and, and he wants to tell Broncos country, you know, let's ride too. So we're going to get into this. We're going to cover some training camp notes. Broncos play football this week, Chris. They are finally back Friday. They play the Arizona Cardinals. And Chris, Sean Payton, Broncos head coach, said that the starters will play in the preseason on both sides of the ball, about 15 to 18 snaps. So that equates to about, it'll be about two drives for each side of the ball. Um, you know, last year, Chris, the Broncos starters did not play in the preseason. And that was a big topic of conversation among Broncos fans and among national pundits, really, because it was it was one of those things where rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett is saying, oh, we're going to let these guys kind of just sit on the sideline. Do you think that there's any benefit to having your starters play in the preseason, specifically the first preseason game, but just playing in the preseason at all? Um, there's definitely some benefit, um, getting in shape, getting that game shape, right? Uh, you have new coaches, so you're getting new signals in new play calling, uh, getting adjusted to how they, um, coordinate during the game. You know, you never know how a coach is going to be until you get into those live, live game, um, right. situations. Right. So it's always good to get a little practice in, um, not all starters should play in the preseason. Yeah. I, I was never, uh, if you're a, if you're a league guy in this league, uh, I don't believe that you need a preseason. That's just my standpoint. Um, um, a guy like Russell Wilson in this time, I think he does need it because um, they're working in with a new offense. Um, you know, Sean Payton. I think he's probably the play caller. Yeah. So you're coordinating. You're under. You're getting y'all to have work out your little chemistry and things like that. And um, and we're in the offensive side. We don't have the. We haven't put the production. Yeah. Put the points up there to be able to skip uh, not playing the preseason. Yeah. So I definitely think uh, uh, the full stars on the offense should be playing for sure. Yeah, and and I think outside of a couple of guys here and there, you know, obviously Tim Patrick is gone for the year, and there's some other guys dealing with injuries. We should expect to see full yeah. offensive line. We should expect to see Russell Wilson. We might see Javante Williams, but I. I don't think so based on Peyton's past comments uh, about starting him maybe in the second game. Uh, but, but this should be a good opportunity for them to kind of fine tune. You were talking about new coach, new system, new calls. This is a, a chance for Sean Payton 
to really perfect, you know, get that first test of how can we communicate on the field? Play calling, we know last year was a big struggle. They had to count down the play clock a few times. So this will be an opportunity for Russell to get a little more comfortable uh, in in that game setting, which we know is so different from right. the practice setting. So uh, Broncos starters should play in this year's preseason games. Chris, what are your expectations for the Broncos offense and the Broncos defense going into this first preseason game? Man, I want to see us come out and run the ball. I want to see yeah. us see it, uh, how the old line is gelling. Um, you don't want to do too much on offense and show your hand and show the yeah. how we're going to attack this year. So you're going to run your basic things, you know, run our basic first downs uh, that we're that you might run during the games. You know, the basic, the really your basics. Your when you play your first preseason game, you really only run like your first or second install. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not really showing everything. So I want to see us come out there and perfect those things. The simple calls have a nice run game. Uh, defense come out there and play aggressive. That's why I want to see uh, how guys are going to fit in this new system with Coach Vance. Yeah, uh, He wants guys flying around from the go, so I know his attitude. So I want to see how they come out and communicate, gel. Uh, just the little things. That's what you want to right. see us perfect uh, coming in the first week and uh, hopefully keep guys uh, injury-free. Yeah, and you mentioned Vance Joseph, new system. That's been a topic of conversation on Broncos Twitter as well this last week. You know, is it going to be a new system? Are they going to be blending things together from Fangio's defense and Evero's defense to Vance Joseph's defense? And it's sounding like there's a lot of uh, mixed signals coming out of Broncos country. But hopefully, you know, hopefully we see a good blend. I, I think the more philosophies that you can take from every defensive coordinator. I mean, people have taken stuff from Wade Phillips over the years, people have taken stuff from Fangio, people have taken stuff from everybody and kind of just made this mismatch uh, of blend of defensive schemes. But um, all the reports that we're hearing are, are the guys are loving this system. Uh, Justin Simmons is probably one of the, the better player coaches uh, on this team right now. So that is excellent to see. I am also excited for that, Chris. And, you know, the other thing that we are really excited to see is Sean Payton's no nonsense approach to preseason football. Chris, I don't know if you saw these comments, but Sean Payton said he does not want to see players who are coming off the field and, and they're done in the preseason game. Doesn't want to see them taking off their jerseys or taking off their pads, uh, taking off their helmets. He wants to see guys engaged in the game, which I think is a great thing. I think it's a uh, I think that's an amazing thing, especially for young players. You're setting the tone and the attitude for your games. Um, but he also said no interviews and no bucket hats. I don't know what Sean Payton has against these bucket hats, but he called them Gilligan hats. Um, and, and he just he, he doesn't want to see doesn't want to see the guys, you know, disengage from the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, and do you think that's a good approach for Sean Payton to take with this team as yeah. he's trying to kind of shift that culture? Um, I would say he might be going a little bit too hard. You know, it is the preseason. Yeah. And that's something I don't think you can just put on Nathaniel Hackett. I think no, that's, no, no. you know, that's a league thing. You know, we are professionals. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know what they were doing last year, but uh, it's normal for, you know, see start to take off their jersey, put a hat on, you know, ECs. But you still want to be locked in, engaged with the younger guys, being able to coach them up being able to still uh, get the calls and get it mentally 
and see the plays and see what you would do on those coverages and be able to coach them up on the sideline. So I've always tried to do that. I think that's a vet's role is yeah. to be able to uh, help the young guys succeed as much as you can during the game. So I do like his approach, uh, but it is kind of hard, you know, yeah. <laughs> with the no jersey, no no hat <laughs> thing. But um, it's a new, it's a um, it's an approach that he has. He's an old school coach, yeah. and um, you just have to respect it and uh, get aligned with it. But um, as a player, it might be, you know, from my standpoint as a player, that might be a little harsh because um, you're gonna see guys all around the league yeah. uh, with the hat on, with eating the seeds, you know, yeah. coaching up the young guys. <laughs> That's just like a league thing. So um, it's going to be – I don't know how many coaches have this serious approach that he's bringing, you know. So he might be like one of five. It sounds very Bill Parcells-like. And, I mean, that's where he came from. I don't even think Belichick does that. No. I think – yeah, so I think Belichick has learned to ease up a little bit. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. Yeah, well, the Broncos, as they approach this first preseason game, Uh, They could be without some big-time players here on both sides of the ball, Chris. Uh, Obviously, Tim Patrick, he is out. Um, He will not be playing. He is out for the season. But on the defensive side of the ball, Justin Simmons probably not going to be playing in the preseason game. We're going to keep an eye on it. He's dealing with an abductor issue. A groin injury is what they've officially called it. Um, But he has sat out of practice the last two days, just kind of resting up. Other players that have sat out of practice, Chris Manhurts, tight end, uh, linebacker Aaron Patrick, and Kareem Jackson also has been sitting out of practice. P.J. Locke and Caden Stearns were taking these starting uh, safety snaps today in practice. Uh, Brandon Johnson, the undrafted wide receiver from last year, he also dealt with an injury in this practice. He slipped and and was attending to his legs, so we'll keep an eye on if he is going to be playing. But Chris... Time for our game preview. We're going to be doing this in the regular season. We're doing this for the preseason. This is our first game preview together, and I'm pretty excited about this. This is a big game. Arizona Cardinals, a lot of question marks surrounding this team. You know, obviously Vance Joseph came over from Arizona. They went with a new head coach in Jonathan Gannon, and they're really trying to shift that culture. The Cardinals have been one of those weird teams. They've dealt with a lot of offseason drama with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, with the NFL surveys that came out. This team ranked dead last in several categories, and it was kind of alarming. And this is a team that is really maybe putting themselves in a position for a first-round pick or, or the first overall pick next year. Excuse me. They could possibly own picks one and two, Chris. I see Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. in their future. But for right now, they will be playing the Denver Broncos on Friday in Arizona. And Chris, with no Kyler Murray playing, there's going to be, we're going to see Colt McCoy. We're going to see Clayton Toon, the rookie. We're going to see David Blau and Jeff Driscoll, former Bronco. I want to bring up some things to watch for in this game. And one of the things that I'm going to watch is the starting Broncos offense versus the starting Cardinals defense because there are still some guys on this uh, Cardinals defense that are playmakers and that Russell Wilson has had to play against numerous times, including guys like Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons, um, Zayvon Collins. This is a team that is looking to maybe build its identity and they get a defensive head coach 
Now this is going to be the first test. What are you expecting to see uh, in this starting Broncos offense versus this starting Cardinals defense? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup. You know, uh, the the Arizona Cardinals, they run uh, more a coverage-based defense, you know, uh, under this Eagles coach. Um, it's kind of different compared to what they had with Vance Joseph. Yeah. So it's a complete different type of system. Um, this coach believes in getting pressure with four and playing coverage a lot. Yeah. If you looked at the Eagles, they were one of the least blitzing um, teams in the league. So it's going to be a good matchup versus, for Russell. That's why I think we're going to be running the ball a lot, um, yeah. trying to establish that uh, in this game. So it's going to be a good test with the guys like Buda Baker, uh, Collins, Isaiah Simmons that are big, you know, big, long yeah. tight ends or big, long linebackers you know, that can cover that, that are pretty tight in the, in the middle of the field. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see how, um, how we dink and dunk down the field. Cause you know, they're not going to pressure a lot. No. So it's going to be a good test to see go against a team that's that you, uh, that you don't expect a lot of blitzes. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing that I'm going to be watching for Chris is the Broncos run defense. And last year uh, they did rank in the top 10 against the run. But there were just some games where it felt like they could not stop the run at all. And it, it was really tough. And and I want to say, I want to say that that was a result of the defense having to be on the field for the majority of the time and the offense not holding up their end of the bargain. But there's still mm -hmm. cause for concern. You lose Draymond Jones, you know, you, you get DJ Jones. You have Mike Purcell still. You bring in Zach Allen, who many have said is a much better run defender and a much better pass rusher than Draymond Jones. I won't speak to it, but this is something mm -hmm. that I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, is this something that you're watching as well, just to see how this rotation is gelling mm -hmm. and how some of these guys, especially Zach Allen coming back to Arizona, how they're going to be doing in their limited reps against the Cardinals offense? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing you have on your bulletin board as a defense. Stop the run. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be anybody in this NFL if you can't stop the run. It's, it's too easy for the <laughs> quarterbacks then. Yeah. You know, so we want to see our, uh, our defense come out, um, you know, aggressive, uh, stopping the run. I want to see – I'm looking to see how they tackle. Yeah. Um, how are oh, we getting yeah. guys under down in space? Yeah. How are we doing in communication and things like that? Are we swarming? Do we have three people hitting the the running back and the receiver whenever they catch the ball? How are guys running to the football? Mm -hmm. So those are little things that I'm looking at as a uh, you know as an outside looking in player and seeing how they um, approach the game. And that's how you can. Those are the little small telltales to see if they're going to be a good defense yeah. because um, we we always come out. We you know we're going to have three guys on the ball. Yeah, um, they're going to fill us. You're going to make sure they fill us from the jump, even from the preseason. So I'm excited to see uh, if they're going to have that mentality uh, to start the season. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm looking forward to, Chris, I'm looking forward to seeing the special teams play Broncos special teams play these last couple yeah. of years has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, last year, we thought it was going to get better. It didn't. Sean Payton brings in his new staff, brings in some old head special teams guys and some young special teams mind a good blend but chris just echoing what you're saying on on special teams i'm looking for how these guys are keeping their lanes are are they are they being yeah. disciplined are they being disciplined with their eyes are they throttling down in the right spots 
Are they making those open field tackles? Are they flying to the ball? Are they blocking well in the punt game, in the, in yeah. the field goal game? Because all of those things, it, we've gone through how many punters in the last few years and, and we bring back Riley yeah. Dixon and he's been apparently showing out in practice, which is awesome, but we need that coverage. Uh, we need the blocking to be a one and with Sean Payton teams in the past, he's, he's been one of those guys that really emphasizes special teams. So that's one of those things that I'm really looking forward to watching, but we're going to get into our players to watch for this preseason game. And, and Chris, this was something that I saw from Broncos Avenue. Shout out to those guys uh, in their latest episode. And I wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on it. There's going to be a lot of guys in this game that we're going to have our eyes on. A lot of rookies, a lot of young guys, a lot of uh, UDFAs. This is going to be a fun game for us to kind of get that first taste of Broncos football for the season. So I wanted to go over some of these guys with you and some of my players to watch. Uh, running back Jaleel McLaughlin, who has been absolutely tearing it up in training camp, like we talked about. Uh, linebacker Drew Sanders, a guy who you have talked about a lot. Um, and then the last one before we get into some of the other ones, uh, wide receiver Jalen Virgil, who's now probably going to have to take some more snaps mm -hmm. with the Brandon Johnson injury. These three guys, Chris, these three guys, I'm really looking forward to seeing McLaughlin with the running ability, Sanders with his just overall athleticism and what he can bring to special teams and defense. And then Virgil special teams and offense. Um, are, are there any other players that you're really looking forward to watching in yeah. this first preseason game? Of course, Mams. I want to see uh, what he's going to look like out there, especially, you know, his rookie debut. And I'm seeing him pick up steam, starting to get more pub coming out of what he's doing in training camp. Um, also, I'm looking at the tight end position. You know, that's going to be yeah. a position uh, battle. That's going to be, uh, you know, one of the few yeah. position battles that we have on the offensive side right now. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work um, for sure. Defensively. Um, looking at the edge rushers, yeah. Um, what's his name? Nick uh, Benito. Benito, yeah. Benito. I've heard. I'm hearing ravens about him. Him improving. Uh, I thought he had a solid. Uh, he showed flashes that yeah. he can be able to rush the quarterback as a rookie. Um, so I'm gonna see if he can take that next step. Uh, yeah. you know, if he's gonna take that next step going into his, his the following year. And then uh, a guy I want to see, Kevin Stearns. I want to see how yeah. much he's improved. Um, if he can be the head communicator out there on the field with Justin not playing, Kareem probably not playing. Um, so that's why those are guys that I want to see, um, see if they can take that next step. Yeah. It's some other guys, you know, obviously that we're going to keep our eyes on in the first preseason game. Uh, Taylor Grimes, the wide receiver that we talked about uh, in our last episode, who yeah. has been showing out. I I'm excited to see what he can do. Obviously he's going to be running with second yeah. team, third team probably. So We'll see Jarrett Stidham thrown to him. There's another name that we should be keeping an eye on because if anything happens to Russell this year, we're going to have to rely on Jarrett Stidham. Got to have back. Yeah, quite yeah. a bit. And he's been he's been performing fine in camp. There there hasn't really been any uh, negativity. I think we might be seeing a bigger battle for for the backup because of how well Ben DiNucci is playing, and that for that reason, I think we have to add. Ben DiNucci to that list of players to watch because mm. if that if that battle is as close as some people are saying it is that might be an interesting storyline going into the regular season who is going to be that second quarterback are they going to keep three 
is Danucci or Stidham going to be that practice squad guy? I think mm-hmm. that'll be something for us to watch. You said Mims. I'm going to throw out Russell Wilson as well. That's a guy that we need to watch in this preseason game. Mm-hmm. How is he going to come out? How is he going to perform in this offense? Uh, I think everybody is really excited to see this this guy come back. Um, Albert Breer said in his uh, article this morning from Broncos training camp that Russ is down to about 213, which is really good to see. I feel like he was up around 220, maybe 225 at times last year. And it just, you know, when you're a guy who relies on your athleticism and you got that extra poundage weighing you down, probably not going to be. Probably not. Man, he was light, man, when he first came in the league. He was real small. I don't know what he weighed, but he wasn't like big, like in swole, like he is now, you know, but uh, or as he gained weight. But he wasn't, I don't remember him being like so big of a quarterback like that. What did you, what did you play at? What was your playing weight? I always played through uh, 190, 190, 195. I always say like 190, 195. That's like the perfect, perfect weight range for like a, a, a good top level athlete. Some of these guys that are like two, two twenty, two thirty. I'm like, how, how do you do this? That's absolutely insane. I can't think about being that heavy and having to be that athletic and explosive, but those guys are freaks and that's why they are. Uh, so Chris, I, I want to get into, you know, the biggest topic of this show. You were in attendance for DeMarcus Ware's Hall of Fame induction in Canton, Ohio. What an incredible experience. Um, You know, you played with D. Ware in Denver um, for those last few years of his career. Tell tell the listeners what it was like playing with a guy, a Hall of Famer like DeMarcus Ware. Man, it was such a great experience, you know, being able to um, just see how – um d where worked you know he was always teaching always teaching hands and uh, pass rush moves uh he was pretty much the coach you know <laughs> the pass rush coach you know for the d-line you know and um the coaches let him do it they let him they knew that you know he was such a technician and um understood playing the outside linebacker better than them so yeah. they let him teach and coach all the time so it was great to have d where um, you know, I got to play with a lot of great edge rushers, you know, even Doomerville, but yeah, being able to pick up D where just brought a whole, uh, another level to it, you know, just his, the way he worked, um, the way he was able to push everybody and, uh, was such a great teacher. So it was a huge pickup being able to get D where, uh, and to just to see how, you know, he brought it every week, man. So yeah. it was huge. Now, uh, I want to ask you this, this wasn't on our uh, agenda here, but I, I was thinking about this mm-hmm. because I was watching the video of uh, DeMarcus's induction speech and and I saw Wade Phillips sitting with uh, some yeah. of the Broncos guys. And I, I, I got to ask, who was more excited about DeMarcus Ware coming to the Broncos? Was it John Elway, Peyton Manning, or Wade Phillips? Uh, man, I would probably say... Uh... Of course, Wade was happy, but I would say Peyton, man. Peyton. <laughs> Doesn't have Peyton was right anymore. there making the calls, man. Peyton was recruiting, man. So he was trying to get – I mean, Peyton was trying to get Joe Thomas. Oh, yeah, we uh, heard about that. You know, he ended up getting beware and all those guys. He was he was fighting to get Emmanuel. Yeah. You know, Peyton was recruiting, man. So uh, we got to give Peyton a lot of uh, – Respect to building a team, man, because yeah. he was kind of like LeBron. You know, they kind of <laughs> looked like LeBron. 
you know, build his team kind of how he wanted. That's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good comparison. You know, Peyton Manning, arguably one of the greatest football players to ever play the sport. LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the sport. And, you know, they build teams the same way. That's, that's awesome to hear. And, and of course, DeMarcus did mention Peyton calling him in his speech. So uh, that was always, that was a great thing to hear. Um, You know, Chris, was there a moment after DeMarcus arrived in Denver where you were like, oh yeah, this guy's a monster. This guy's going to be like a Hall of Famer. Obviously he had the career already. He was, you know, leaving Dallas, which was very emotional for him and his family, but a a new beginning in Denver. Was there a moment when you were just like, no, this guy's, I, I can't mess with this guy. Well, I mean, we were already pretty much like dominating them yeah. in OTAs. So when everybody came together, I'm like, oh, it's going to be tough to deal <laughs> with us on defense, yeah. you know. And then um, once we got to training camp and we started to see, uh, you know, the whole our whole defense come together and yeah. Peyton really, you know, they were frustrated all the time. <laughs> we kept, kept those guys. DT, man, they were frustrated all the time. Always wanted to fight us, man. So – it was always great competition. And uh, just when D-Ware came, when him and Vaughn got together, it was a wrap. Oh, yeah. Because Game over. teams couldn't – you can not just triple-team Vaughn. You no. can just triple-team D-Ware. And then, not just that, we had Shaq Baird behind him. Yeah. Shane, you know, Shane was still there. Uh, Shane. Yeah. Ray still right there behind him. Malik. So we had backups that could come in and rush. We had interior guys that could rush. Malik. Uh, Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, Vance Walker, uh, yeah. Vance ended up hurting his knee. So a lot of people, um, I loved Vance really Walker, don't remember man. Vance. I loved Vance, but Vance was a problem inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was one of our third, he was coming, he came in yeah. on the third down, you know, and rotating in with Malik and those guys. Yeah. So we had a, and Antonio Williams. Yeah. So we had tons of D line. Our D line was loaded at that time. Yeah. And, uh, we, they made it hell for everybody, man. I, I, I mean, Obviously, that defense is is touted as like one of the best defenses of all time. But like when we sit down and we think about it as Broncos fans, it's so crazy because you're you're just listing off guys, and it's like, oh yeah, that guy was a monster. That guy was a monster. That guy was a monster. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane that you guys were able to add a Hall of Famer like D. Ware, and and it just elevated that to the complete yeah. next level. Guys were just playing out of their minds Vaughn started going on that absolute crazy tear and and the no fly zone was playing out of your minds no one could do anything against you guys no one could do anything so um you know I want to ask you were there uh at the hall of fame how was it reconnecting with your Super Bowl 50 teammates and can you can you give us some fun experiences that you had while you were at the hall of fame Oh man, it was just just seeing everybody, not just everybody in the Super Bowl Fifty, man. Just all teammates, you know, that we had. It was uh, through uh, D. Ware's career and meeting all his Cowboys. It was like a Cowboys Broncos party, you know. <laughs> Jerry Jones and then the Broncos owners threw D. Ware a nice party. It was great um, seeing everybody. Seeing you know, uh, you never think you'd be partying with the owners, <laughs> with the Broncos and the you know yeah. Jerry Jones and his family. Yeah. You know, so it was cool, man. It was. Uh, uh, it was great talking to all those guys and seeing Kubiak, seeing uh, yeah. Wade Phillips, um, you know, just 
just reminiscing on the good times, man. And uh, seeing everybody, you know, now they're building their families, you know, talking to Vaughn. He had, now he has kids yeah. now. So it's just funny, man. And uh, seeing what guys are doing now and uh, uh, what they're doing in their lives. You know, a lot of guys are retired now. Yeah. So they're in their, their second phase of life. So it's just great to uh, get hear those conversations yeah. and see what guys are doing and uh, reminiscing, you know, of good times and seeing how their families are doing. So it was a uh, brought up a lot of tons of funny memories and, you know, and it was just a good time. Yeah, man. And and seeing all of you guys together, it really it it brought some warmth to my heart because watching that watching that playoff run with you guys and and really living through those struggles, the 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 bad games, the great games, the Super Bowl win, the Super Bowl loss, those were a lot of memories for myself as a fan and and I know other fans and so seeing all of you guys together uh for DeMarcus was really incredible, but uh it, one of the things that kind of tugged at me was the fact that D Ware saved three seats for uh, Demaryius Thomas, Ronnie Hillman, and Marion Barber, his three lost teammates. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all three of those guys meant tons to Demarcus Ware, and and of course, DT and Ronnie Hillman being your teammates that has an uh, incredible emotional impact as well. Demarcus Ware singing the national anthem in honor of of Demaryius Thomas literally brought me two tears um you know i i want to ask you and and feel free to you know elaborate was it hard being there at the hall of fame without demarius Mm. thomas and ronnie hillman in person or did you know that for a fact they were there with you in spirit oh man we definitely felt definitely felt their spirit there man and everybody that's not you know everybody talked about it and uh, it's definitely a sad uh, situation seeing those guys go so young. Yeah. You know, these these guys are the same age yeah. as me, you know, so that's what really makes it scary. You know that you can't take life for granted uh, every day. You got to make it count. And um, those guys touched a lot of people uh, that uh, that's what you want. You want to touch a lot of people to where your name uh, lives on, yeah. you know, and good faith. And, and um uh, that's my goal. That should be everybody's goal to be able to touch as many people, many children, um, uh, to make an impact on their life, um, to where they they can reminisce and speak about you like this, like how D Ware did. Yeah. And um, uh, the sad situations, and we're seeing a younger, we're seeing like it's a, it's happening yeah. a lot. You know, a lot of young guys have been passing away yeah. uh, in this game. So it's just you know, guys, take advantage of the time that you have. Uh, everybody, try to touch as many people as you can. And uh, just it was definitely sad, but D. Ware's speech was powerful. It was. Uh, I think it was a speech that was uh, motivating for a lot of people. And um, hopefully uh, that I mean everybody gets a chance to go back and listen to it, and hopefully they gain some motivation, gain some things that they can add to their life from it. Because uh, I definitely did, yeah. you know. Take you know, just hearing his relationship with his father. Yeah. You know that yeah. could be anything. Just you know forgiving yeah. and moving on past things, you know, and, uh, and living this life. So, uh, taking advantage of it. So, uh, it was a great speech. It was a great event. Uh, shout out to the NFL and what yeah. they did and the Broncos and the Cowboys and, uh, the party and everything that they did for, uh, D where it was first class. And I was, I was definitely glad to uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Well, we are certainly excited to, 
uh, hopefully see the next Super Bowl 50 champion be inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Chris, I, I was curious and I looked at the uh, calculator for uh, Hall of Famers and Eric Berry was announced as one of the potential candidates for next year's Hall of Fame. And I got to say, you you have a higher chance of of getting into the Hall of Fame based on the calculator that I looked at. You have a higher mm. uh, percentage than Eric Berry does. So maybe we hear Chris Harris Jr.'s name get called for the Hall of Fame soon. I certainly would love to see that. And I'm sure that the rest of Broncos country would certainly love to see that. But Broncos country, that is going to do it for this episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, at Believe Network. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.